so there you go there's the bump again Ooh, yeah yeah it's on the there's an arrow sign ted it seems to be it's there he's coming yeah. up to an arrow sign and he's he's that's you where physically the bump is. see the car lift yeah and drop i mean is this an inevitable teething problem with a new track or is this really bad luck Crazy scenes overnight. Hopefully it uh, picks up a little bit better across the weekend. Richard Crail is our guru of motorsport, and he joins me to unravel it all. Richard, welcome firstly. And, and what on earth happened last night? Aaron, good afternoon. Crazy times in Las Vegas. It's the city that never sleeps, but I don't think anyone that went to Vegas this weekend expected Formula One cars to be on the racetrack at 2.30 a.m. local time because that's when they finally got back on the racetrack after what was about four and a half hour delay after that water hose pipe came up. So fastest part, down the Las Vegas Strip, Formula One cars were doing 340 kilometres an hour and the suction effect these cars generate with all the downforce and the aerodynamics they've got lifted up this cover out of the road and it wasn't just like the manhole cover, it was the entire surround lifted out of the bitumen and the tarmac. That made contact with the floor of Carlos Sainz's car. It actually cut through the bottom of the chassis in through the battery pack that's underneath the car and into Carlos's seat. So he was a very lucky boy. Uh, and as a result, the first practice session was abandoned and then there was a massive delay to the second one. This isn't the first time this has happened in Formula One racing. In fact, in motorsport, it happened at the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, which is a similar style street circuit. It actually happened at Monaco, of all places, a street circuit that's been operating since the 1950s. Uh, it happened to Formula One world champion Jensen Button in the mid-2000s. So this isn't a unique experience, but it certainly was a pretty bad look for this race, which Formula One is promoting themselves. They've spent $500 million putting on this show in the middle of Las Vegas, uh, and there were plenty of unhappy people with how yesterday played out. So was it just bad luck, Richard, or should the track have been prepared better? A uh, little from column A, a little from column A. I think the, the biggest problem they had was that there was no preparation, no warm-up event. The circuit got signed off on Friday or Thursday morning, their time, just hours before the cars hit the racetrack. So there was nothing run at speed over it. The fastest thing that had gone over that particular manhole cover at the time was the cars running on the Las Vegas Strip going between the Bellagio and the MGM Grand. So it's very, very difficult in these temporary circuits to test and develop all these things. We're fortunate in this part of the world. We've got the Adelaide 500 supercars next week. That street circuit's been operating since 1985. They know all the little foibles and things like that. So this is just a, a new circuit issue, very difficult to test. Should they have run a, a warm-up event? Yep, they probably should have. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. Now they've got to make sure that they get back on track, literally and metaphorically today, and put on a good show for the disgruntled fans that uh, got kicked out of the venue at 1.30am yesterday morning. I do have to admit, once it did get underway, albeit there were no fans in attendance around 3am local time, but the, the wide shots did look absolutely spectacular. And I, I do think it's going to be an amazing event if they continue in the future and, and fix these little um, you know, quirks and bugs. But it's yeah. had its critics in the build-up. I mean, Max Verstappen, who's you know, the face of Formula 1 right now, labelled it as 99% show and 1% sporting event. So, I mean, are you a fan of the concept? I think it's one of the most audacious things motorsport has tried for a long time, to be honest. And motorsport needs to do this. It's it's a sport that it's very difficult to take to the people just by its very nature. You know, they build these massive racetracks miles away from civilization, so they don't interrupt people with the noise the sport makes with all the various setups and all the infrastructure that goes around it. Taking it to the people like a street race is so important, and we see that here in Australia so often with Supercars Championship and even the Australian Grand Prix at Albert Park. 
they've got some damage control to do, no doubt about it. As for Max Verstappen, I'm on the fence with this. I get it. He's there to drive racing cars, but at the same time, he's paid an awful lot of money to drive racing cars, $60 million a year. I think if you paid that much and you you spend 23 weekends a year racing cars, you probably cop a cringy launch or two for the sake of the show uh, for your massive pay packet. I think that's just a a side effect of playing in one of the biggest sports in the world. So I think Max just needs to go about the business of going car racing, tolerate some of the, the fringe stuff that goes on the side as just being part of the job and then um, go and win a, another Grand Prix for a, a record season. It's certainly not helping his public perception considering everybody's sick of him winning and now he's whinging in the yes. public as well. Um, yeah, exactly right. On track, Richard. So uh, there's still obviously a couple of days to play out. We've got the actual Grand Prix on Sunday, but... Um, it feels like Ferrari's hit a black cat. I mean, a few years ago, they've just had problem after problem of these past couple of seasons. And poor old Carlos Sainz, as we touched on, um, unfortunately was the victim of this, um, you know, loose manhole. And now he's actually ended up copping a penalty. He, he changed components as a result of the damage to his car and he's going to have to start 10 spots back. Yeah, it, it really frustrating, isn't it? That, you know, one, one time you're the windscreen, the other time you're the bug, and he's both at the moment. Um, the rules are written so tightly in Formula One that irrespective of it being force majeure, it wasn't his fault, it wasn't the team's fault, it wasn't a rival's fault, he's still got to cop this penalty because they've had to change some parts in their car to get it back on the racetrack. So that's a mass- massive frustration for them. The upside is, Aaron, that they're fast. And in that 90-minute session they put on, Later on in the early hours of the morning in Las Vegas time, it was fantastic time to watch for us here in Australia. Um, they were actually quick. The cars are really good. And this year, they've been fast on all of the circuits, just like Las Vegas. So there is hope that they can salvage this. As a result, Carlos is going to start no better than 11th. So if he qualifies on pole, he'll get 10 positions further back on the grid. That's frustrating. But Charles Leclerc looks really quick. The best thing about it is through all this drama, through all this... Um, disappointment, I suppose, on the opening day. The racetrack, as you said, it looks unbelievable. I don't think anyone ever expected Formula 1 cars to be driving past all of those famous casinos on the Strip. Uh, And it's actually a pretty good racetrack. It's challenging, it's fast, it's got all the possibilities to promote a really good car race uh, on Sunday afternoon our time. So hopefully that's the silver lining in what hasn't been a particularly glittering start to... uh, Formula One's Las Vegas adventure. Richard, thanks for taking the time to jump on today. We'll check back in with you tomorrow when the race is uh, set to get underway, which is around 5pm Eastern Daylight Time. So hopefully you do get the chance to see some action tonight and then the race, obviously, on Sunday. That's the upside, Aaron. The time zone works perfectly for us here in Australia, so I'll be on the couch this afternoon. (laughs) Thanks, mate. Cheers.